0: Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message.
1: Who is Jesus? He's a character in the Bible.
0: (laughs) He has something to do do with
1: God. Long hair, wears a white robe. (laughs) Uh... I don't know, uh, actually. I, I, I don't know how to answer that. Uh, I've never personally met him, but I know a lot of people have. He was a prophet, one of them, one of the many. A nice guy from the Middle East. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. An everyday guy. A man of conviction. He knows what it feels like to be human, to be rejected.
0: The friend of, of those that are often mocked.
1: I don't know. A man Yeah. who, who lived
0: he existed. at one point.
1: Nobody knows who Jesus is, let me tell you.
0: 33-year-old carpenter from the Middle East.
1: That's like a dude that like, in the Bible says he died for us.
0: Paved a way for us to to live differently.
1: He was somebody. He did live, right? But who he was to you is different. I think Jesus is just a symbol. It has symbolism. Jesus is my Savior. But
0: he could also really be a good friend.
1: He's relatable to me.
0: He's my everyday chance at life, the creator of all. That's why I believe this is the
1: reason
0: why we're all here. Hello, my name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor. Thank you guys for being here today. Um, So that question, who is Jesus? It's been asked for really thousands of years and uh, especially this time of year, right? I mean, we start celebrating Jesus' birth at Christmas and uh, that question is bound to come up. So, I, so I'm not sure who you think Jesus is tonight, but I'm really glad that you're here because we are in this series where we're just talking about who Jesus is. Uh, over the last several weeks, we talked about the fact that Jesus is just, but he's also merciful. We talked about the fact that Jesus is patient and driven, that he's servant-hearted, but he's also royalty and then tonight we're going to talk about a couple more um, attributes of Jesus. And uh, I'm actually pretty excited because this is Lighthouse's first Christmas Eve service. And uh, I've never preached on Christmas in the book of Revelation. But we're going to be in the book of Revelation tonight. Uh, one of my favorite books of the Bible. It's, it's a prophetic book that talks about uh, the end times. Uh, you might have heard of the word like Armageddon. Uh, the end of the days, and uh, so we're actually going to be talking tonight about how Jesus fulfills some of those end-time prophecies, but first let me pray, and then I'll give you a couple of things that you can fill in on your handout. So Father, I thank you for everyone that's here, and Lord, I pray that you would open up our, our eyes and our ears and our hearts to hear from you tonight, and God, I pray that you would help me to communicate uh, your message this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you have a handout, you can fill this in if you would like. Um, First of all, two truths about Jesus. Jesus came as a sacrificial lamb. Jesus came as a sacrificial lamb. Many of us have probably heard of John the Baptist. John the Baptist came right before Jesus. He he had a public ministry where he was calling people to repentance. And, uh, and then he would baptize them in the Jordan River. Well, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming to him, and this is what he said in John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This was actually a prophetic statement, calling Jesus the Lamb of God and saying that he would take away the sin of the world. Now, that was a new thought that a man could take away sin. In Jewish culture, sin could only be taken away through the sacrifice of animals, typically sheeps, sheep and goats. Leviticus chapter 4 says this, if someone brings a lamb as their sin offering, they are to bring a female without defect. They are to lay their hand on its head and slaughter it for a sin offering at the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered. In this way, the priest will make atonement for them For the sin they have committed and they will be forgiven so for thousands of years the jewish culture only knew one way for forgiveness of sin and that was to take a lamb a sheep a goat to the priests and they would sacrifice this animal for their sins now the reason for that this comes from hebrews chapter 9 it says in fact the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So there had to be a shedding of blood for people's sins to be forgiven. And this was an annual thing that they did. They, if you were a, a real sinner, you might do it like weekly. I mean, it just depended how often you committed sins. I would probably have a daily visit to my Levitical priest and say, here you go. But John the Baptist, he did something very radical. He said, here's a man, and he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So without the shedding of blood, our sins couldn't be forgiven. And Jesus knew that he was going to shed his blood. John the Baptist foretold that Jesus was going to shed his blood for the forgiveness of sin. Now what's interesting is that the lamb, the animal, had to be without defect. There couldn't be any spots or blemishes or um, disabilities, any of those things on the animal. Jesus had to be without defect as well. And we're not talking about like physical defect. We're talking about spiritually, he had to be without any defect, which meant that he couldn't sin. And Jesus never sinned. I mean, not once did Jesus sin. He was the perfect, spotless lamb. Lived a perfect, spotless life. 2 Corinthians 5.21 said, God made him who had no sin, which is Jesus, to be sin for us. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, the Lamb of God, lived a pure and holy and perfect and sinless life so that he could present himself as the sacrifice, the final sacrifice for each of us for our sins. Romans 5.8 says this, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died willingly for each and every one of us because he knew that this daily, weekly, annual sacrifice of animals wasn't working. It wasn't working. There needed to be a new way, a new covenant. And so Jesus came as the spotless lamb to die on a cross for our sins. Now, he died for the sins of the world but not everyone's sins are forgiven, right? I mean, we can understand that. So Jesus died for all, but not everyone's going to make it to heaven. It's only those who believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And it's only those who declare that Jesus is Lord and receive that payment as, that sacrifice as the payment for their sins. Romans 10 says this, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So that's the way that we receive Jesus's death as the payment for our sin. We have to declare with our mouth that what? Jesus is Lord. And not just Lord of the universe. Because, you know, we can believe that God is Lord of the universe and he's not actually our Lord. Right? There's a scripture that says that you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and tremble. So believing by itself that Jesus is Lord is not the whole answer to salvation. It's confessing that he's Lord of your life. What's it mean to have Jesus be Lord of your life? Well, simple answer means that you're not Lord of your life anymore. When we grow up, from the time we're babies, right, we grow up, we believe that we are Lord of our lives. But there comes a point in each of our lives where we're confronted with the truth that this life isn't going to last forever. And that one day we will be standing before our creator and he's going to want to know what we did with our life. Did we live for ourselves, or did we submit our lives to Jesus? Was he our Lord? So we have to believe it, that Jesus is who he said he is, that he was the sacrificial lamb. But more than that, we need to confess with our mouth that Jesus is our Lord. That's when his death on the cross becomes the sacrifice for our sin, And that's when we are cleansed from all of our sins, which is amazing. And it's an amazing feeling for many of you here tonight. You have done that. You have made that confession to have Jesus' death on the cross be the payment for your sins. And it is an amazing feeling to know that you are no longer guilty for the bad things that you've done. And that's freely available for each and every one of us because that's who Jesus is. He is the sacrificial lamb, the perfect spotless sacrificial lamb but more than that your second point this is where we're going to get into revelation Jesus is returning as the Lion of Judah so he came as a sacrificial lamb but he's coming back as the lion of Judah as a mighty warrior the king of kings the lord of lords So what is the line of Judah? I mean, we've probably heard that phrase before. Where does it come from? It actually comes from the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. Uh, There was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he had Abraham, and then he had his son Isaac, and then he had Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons, and they became the 12 tribes of Israel. But one of those sons' name was Judah. And so when um, Jacob was about to die he prophesied over every one of those 12 sons and this is what he said to Judah in Genesis chapter 49 he says Judah your brothers will praise you your hand will be on the neck of your enemies your father's sons will bow down to you you are a lion's cub Judah you return from the prey my son like a lion he crouches and lies down like a lioness who dares to rouse him the scepter will not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he, who, to, he to whom it belongs shall come and the obedience of the nation shall be his. So we all kind of know that the lion is the king of the jungle, right? And so this idea that Judah and his descendants are resembling a lion, that means that they are going to be royalty and that the scepter, the, the ruling scepter will belong to them. That's what this prophecy is. And it actually came true. King David, we've heard of King David, you know, David and Goliath, that guy who became a king. He was from the tribe of Judah. His son, obviously King Solomon, was also from the tribe of Judah. But for hundreds of years after David, the kings of Israel came from that that tribe, from Judah. And what's interesting is that Jesus came from that tribe as well. Jesus is the one that was prophesied here where it says, until he to whom it belongs shall come. That was the Messiah, the coming prophetic king of kings and lord of lords, the Messiah, that was Jesus. And so he was the fulfillment of that prophecy. He's the prophesied lion of Judah. So Jesus is going to come back. He came as a lamb the first time. He's coming as a lion the second time. Now, when he comes and, and meets us, the first thing that he's going to do is he's going to call his children, his the bride of Christ, he's going to call them, the church, to him. All right? This is called the rapture. This is, again, I love talking about what's to come, right? I mean, this is, we don't know when this is going to happen, okay? But we do know that it's going to happen. It's uh, been prophesied in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven, this is Jesus coming back, with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, those who died as Christians. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. I just love this image. My hope... Is that I'm still alive when that happens because I want to fly. I just want to like take off and just meet Jesus in the air. That's the rapture. I mean, now Jesus is coming, all right? This is this is this is he's coming as really in this first moment. He's coming as the bridegroom. Because we, the church, are considered the bride of Christ. And that and the, the rapture is gonna happen. So all of us will go up and meet Jesus in the air, and that's the great wedding feast. This is in Revelation chapter 19. So we're finally getting into Revelation. It says, then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, hallelujah, for our Lord God almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. That's the church. Fine linen, bright and clean Was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, Write this Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. So Jesus is coming back. And, you know, he's not necessarily here on earth yet. He's like in the sky, in the clouds. And he's going to call the church. And there's going to be this reunion and this wonderful wedding and wedding feast as we are caught up to heaven. But then, Jesus is going to take off his, his tux, right? And he's going to put on his armor. The wedding happens, but then he goes, and the war begins. This is when the line of Judah comes to earth. So, in Revelation chapter 19, this is actually just a couple of verses later, white and clean coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations he will rule them with an iron scepter he treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of god almighty and on his robe and on his thigh he has the name written king of kings and lord of lords and then verse 19 says then i saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army you just imagine that everybody who is left after the rapture they gather together to fight against Jesus and his army but the beast was captured and with it the false prophet who had performed the signs on his behalf with these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshiped its image the two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur the rest the rest of humanity were killed with the sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Jesus came as a lamb the first time, but he is returning as a warrior. He is returning as a Lion of Judah. So a question I think for every one of us tonight to ask ourselves is this, am I ready for the line of Judah to return? Am I ready? Because he is coming back. There's no doubt he's coming back. But am I ready? Is my heart in the right place? Philippians 2.9-11 says this. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, talking about Jesus, and gave him the name that is above every name, That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, one day, every knee will bow. My knee, your knee, your neighbor's knee. Every knee will bow before Jesus. But it's those of us who bow before that awesome day who will be taken up into the clouds and go to heaven with them, Because everybody's going to know that Jesus is Lord of Lord, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. I mean, we're all going to know that one day. But it's those who bow their knee to God and confess him as Lord before he returns, those are the ones who will be caught up in the sky. Those are the ones who will have heaven as their reward one day. So here's your last fill-in. Jesus is coming back soon. So let's get ready today, because he's coming back. But let's not wait. Let's get ready today. Let's get ready today. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up here. Um, They're going to be leading us in a final song titled, Is He Worthy? And I'm going to ask my wife, Rose, to come up. It's based on Revelation chapter 5. And um, so I'm, I've asked Rose just to go ahead and read this chapter. Um, and you can follow along. If you have a Bible, you can turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 5. But this, in this section of Scripture, they're talking about Jesus. And you know the question is, is he, is he worthy? And that's what we're going to try to answer with this Scripture and then with this song. So just listen to this as she reads it.
1: Revelation 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll. Or look inside. And then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the corner of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all of the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands, thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is a lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. So let's all stand.